so I guess they they're saying that since Spotify is in talks to buy Gimlet, then they're talking about how Spotify is going to try to take it beyond like take podcasting beyond what it is now, which is just a solely revenues from advertising. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of like a, a big deal, I guess. Well, I mean, what, like charge for podcasts? I mean, there's already services that do that, right? Right. But they say that like all podcasting is an industry of like 400 million. And so now they're buying one company for 200 million. So... I don't know. It makes sense. I see what he's saying. He's like, if all of podcasting altogether is worth four hundred million dollars, right, and they're buying half, and they're buying they're Gimlet, spending half of that amount on one on, on Gimlet, which is not like Gimlet's got some good podcasts, mm-hmm. but they don't have like they don't have this American Life. They don't have the Joe Rogan podcast. They don't have like the biggest podcasts. Yeah, like the last podcast on the on the left, right? They have their own podcasting network. And I see lost podcasts on the left in the top ten often. I don't think I don't see Reply All in the top ten. No, I mean I've heard of Reply All, so it must be somewhat of a big deal. But well, it's Alex. It's a lot of money. Seems like a lot of money to put put down. Well, it's the guy who started it. I think is Alex Goldman. Goldmark. Yeah, Goldman. And he had his own show last year starring Zach Braff, like a sitcom about his life. Uh, like it was, a, it was. It was. It wasn't really. It was like a sitcom about a guy who starts a podcast network. So like he's obviously got something going for him. Hmm. Speaking of podcasts, welcome back to uh, Action Action, the podcast that watches all the action movies and we put them in our arbitrary list <laughs> so that you can hate it. <laughs> you can uh, tell us how wrong we are. With me as always, I'm John. With me as always is Dustin and James. How are you guys? Good. Good. I mean, we've just been telling each other how wrong we are for where we have put things. Oh, yeah, we, we <laughs> need to adjust some. I think we need to do a mid-year tweak. I mean, I don't know. There's one part of me that's like, hey, the list is just what it is, and that's how it is. And then there's the other part of me that's like, yeah, but that really doesn't belong above that. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, something we'll have to address. If anybody has a good way to address like how off some of the picks in our list feel, where they Which land. you can see at actionactionpodcast.com. <laughs> Which is relatively up to date, except for I made some mistakes. Yeah, there's a few errors in there. but I mean, I think it's like the first f- 10 to 15 or 10 to 20 are, you know, they're okay. Like, right, yeah. It's more when you get into the middle, the middle of the pack, <laughs> where a lot of movies will end up, Right, is where it kind of gets... I guess it's kind of weird when you see some of... Like lethal weapons on most people's top ten list. Yeah, and we have it at twenty something. Yeah, I mean, and we've talked about also like we obviously like what's new and shiny, and so there's a lot of new movies closer to the top. But uh, I also think that we've gone beyond what I don't think we originally thought of this podcast as being, which was like shoot 'em up Schwarzenegger style. Like, well, there's plenty of room for that still. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have a hard time thinking that any of them are going to really crack the top 10 at this point. Yeah, but again, I think that's because we tend to favor the new. Um, like these other movies we've seen, and we're like, yeah, those are classics. And we've seen them 100 times or whatever. 
Um, but then there's this, oh, but then John Wick 3 came out and like, fuck, that's awesome because it's something new yeah, that's, that's true. exciting. And Maybe uh, we should put a moratorium on re- reviewing new movies. Uh, I have to think about that. I think it, looking at the top 10, other than The Wild Bunch... Yeah, that's maybe like an older one. That's an older one. Logan is a little bit of an outlier, but a lot of them are like hand to hand combat style. I mean, I would say in my top ten. I mean, we got Kiss Kiss I Bang mean, Bang Kiss, at Kiss, number bang, nine, which was so which is a great, great movie. Just <laughs> not necessarily a great, great action movie. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah you know, I mean, <laughs> it'll be addressed one day. Today, let's take a look at the movie that I picked. Um, 2002's The Born Identity. He has the skills you, stop right there. of a dangerous man. I need to know what went wrong. I think he snapped. But he has no memory. We don't take care of this. We will both burn. It's trained. Conditioned. Built to disappear. I'll give you $10,000 to drive me to Paris. I get the money, and I don't get hurt. That's a deal. Now, the government's top agent. I can't remember anything that happened before two weeks ago. Abija? Yes. Is about to become their number one target. What's in Paris? It's a name, Jason Bourne. Let's see if the Paris police can find him for us. And the only way he can survive... Talk a lot. Find out who he is. I guess you're not home. Monsieur Bond. I don't recognize any of this. I don't recognize any of this. Before they find out. Get the address. I think I got it. In his. Where he is. Get everybody up. I want them all activated. Do it now. What is it? Something wrong? We can't stay here. It's not safe. Out of control. It's very clear what needs to happen. Based on the international bestseller. I don't want to know who I am anymore. From Universal Pictures. You got to get as far away from me as you can. What are you going to do? Danger. I have everything to put inside me. Is everything I ever learned. All of it. Born. I'm going to make it stop. Identity. So I'm assuming everybody's seen this movie all multiple times. Uh, yeah, I've seen yeah. it a few times. I haven't seen it in a long time, though. I've seen it uh, probably as many as ten times. But uh, oh, really? That much? That's a lot of times. Probably. I've seen it maybe First two. I think I've seen three times. Yeah. Uh, this did come out in 2002, which was a time where you did watch a, the same movie. A lot more. Yeah. I Okay, so I saw it in the theater for sure, and then I had it on DVD, so uh, I know I've seen it a bunch, and I'm sure I've watched it on cable as well, so. Yeah, I definitely saw it in the theater, and yeah, it's one of those movies that's on cable. I, mean, I, I think that's what this movie, where it really shines, though. It is a straight cable action yeah. movie. Sure. Like, it's the kind of movie there's not really, you don't have to really do any editing to it. You don't have to, like, trim any, like... Swearing. Yeah, it's or true. There's not much swearing. There's not much gore. There's no nudity. Like, there's nothing. I like, don't think there's any gore. No, no, not really. No. There's like maybe a little bit of blood. Yeah. But it's a pretty clean. It's like it falls under the category, my category of kids action movies. <laughs> like you can watch you. This well, could, like, in tone, I don't think it's really a kids action movie. And in like terms of the plot, like it might be a little much for uh, 
most kids to grasp. No, but I'm but saying you could they could you could sit there and watch it. Yeah, they're not going to be scarred by it. That's for sure. Yeah, this is blood sport. I think <laughs> I think my problem, like probably why my ratings are the way they are, is my uh, coming off the high of right the night the comes night for comes us. for us. It's a very different style of movie. Down to this is just <laughs> difficult. <laughs> Because uh, I found this movie boring. Yeah? You're... I mean, it's like, what, two hours long? Same length as The Night Comes For Us. But it just seemed like it dragged on. And... Well, okay, let's just break down. Like, First of all, for anybody who hasn't seen the movie... What's wrong with you? Yeah, if you haven't <laughs> seen it, um, The Bourne Identity. Uh, Jason Bourne, played by Matt Damon... Uh, is found floating in the ocean by what appears to be a Dutch fish, a Dutch Fishing. trolley, yeah. uh, trawler, whatever they're called. Um, he kind of gets nurse back to health. They find this chip in him. It shows a Swiss bank account. Long story short, he's he doesn't a, remember who he is. He doesn't remember who he is. He's a super spy. Classic amnesia. And the CIA is after him. Um, yeah, that's about it. CIA is after him. He hooks up with uh, Lola. Marie, run Lola, run, and uh, you know they make a day of it. They make a day of it. You make it sound so exciting when you put it like that. <laughs> I'm starting to see James's perspective. Oh, I'm sorry, this thing. I'm not feeling that great today, so I'm a little, uh, a little under the weather. I got a lot of pills in me. Yeah. So it's um, a guy searching to figure out who he is, and and then at the same time he's being pursued by spies and yeah, and so assassins I think- and. I think that to James's point, it is a lot different than the night comes for us in the sense that, um, in the the such a long title, T N C F U. I like that. T N C F U is that right? Sounds like a punk band. T no T K T N. It's not the Dark Knight. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it uh, it's about like. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, it's about character development in the sense that he like develops a conscience for a second but like there's not really not really going into much um where i think this movie is the born identity is a lot more about like actually like this guy jason Bourne, and him realizing who he is and like yeah i mean so, so to me it's not i don't think it's slowly paced i think that it's not non-stop action scenes the action scenes punctuated um, you know, the pacing between action scenes is intrigue and, uh, you know, yeah, it's much more mystery, or spy, like, spy stuff. You yeah. Know? It's a, more of a spy trade craft. Yeah. 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 More like a John Le Car novel. It's mm. definitely more of a spy thriller type of movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it, I don't know. I think it squeezes in as an action movie for it's, I it, mean, there's small amounts of action, I think the action that's in it is actually really cool. I think the action is really cool. Um, from we'll get into them all, but like the the car chase. Yeah. With the, with the, there's the bank scene, the car chase. I think is awesome. The um, fight, if the first fight he has with that first assassin guy, where he sticks a pen through the guy's hand. Yeah, in his <laughs> uh, hotel or in his uh, apartment. Yeah, in Paris. Um, even the the scene at the uh, farm. Yeah, is, is really really cool. Um, which I read, uh, so there's the scene at the, at the farm, the studio wanted to cut out. Yeah, they had, uh, I guess it got, it did get cut out in one of the earlier versions. And they had to, Matt Damon and Doug Lyman, the director, had to argue for it to. But so I, what makes that scene good, though? 
because it's tense. It's it's a tension. It's like a cat and mouse. Like it's two. It's two, two guys who, on paper at least, are equals. And how like one of them outsmarts the other one. But it's like, it's like two minutes long. Like how they, how they uns- yeah, but it's yeah, but like it's, it's really just cool though. <laughs> I, I I love that scene. Yeah, um, it's probably my favorite part of the movie. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. So he's got the they've got this family that whose house they've like sort of invaded. It's a cousin or something of the. And they've put these people in. Yeah, is it her cousin Marie. or just a friend or something? Yeah. Friend from the past, or even or even I wondered if it was an ex or something. But <sighs> um, oh, so wait, the situation is right. that's it. That's her daughter. That's her son. <laughs> You're just kidding. Uh, I mean, you have the you have the f- added in factor of coolness of first of all this guy, the professor, the other assassin is Clive Owen, who's just a cool motherfucker to he, begin with. Who hasn't said I don't think a word. <laughs> no, he doesn't say a word until, until he until he, you know, until he I know, dies. but that's why I think it's he's wasted in that. Well, no, he's he wasn't really a thing at this point when this movie came out. The only uh, the only movie we would have maybe seen that came out with him in it before this was Gosford Park. I love that fucking movie so much. Uh, and of course he was known as like the driver in the BMW ads and that was it basically. I mean he was in a bunch of shit that none of, none of us would have ever seen before right. that. Um, so at this point he wasn't like it wasn't like oh Clive Owen like you know everyone's like oh we gotta see that. But he just is cool so even though he has, doesn't say much uh, he's one of these three kind of assassins that are sent out after Damon. Um he just has a cool like killer vibe guy thing to him. And I do like his little speech that he gives after he falls to Bourne. Uh, and I, I like the back and forth they have where they're trying to, like one's trying to, the professor is trying to hunt Bourne. Yeah. And he's got this like high powered rifle and then yeah. Bourne's just got this like duck hunting duck shotgun. Hun- <laughs> like, and how they utilize the like, the environment and the, the tools that they have to try to get the upper hand. And I think that's where, uh, like, my love of the, the spy thriller kind of shows more, possibly, than what you think, James, or you like. Um, because I like that cat and mouse game. Mm-hmm. Like, I find the tension there. I, I thought it really worked. Obviously, the studio didn't think it worked, and the test audiences originally didn't think it worked. But I think in the end, it like it's not my favorite scene necessarily in the film, but I think it this movie would not be nearly as good without that scene. Yeah, I love that scene. I mean, the, the way he shoots—he shoots the gas tank right away, right away to throw up the smoke so that he can't see the whole yard, right? Because he knows he's out there with a scope. Yeah, and then he's like trying to run around, like get a get an angle on him, and then yeah. And I think there's other things like the weeds and there's a- you like to also put yourself in the in the position of. Um, who knows one of them right mm-hmm. like say you're, you're in the position of jason Bourne, where you're like okay what would i do in that situation like oh i wouldn't have thought of doing that that's not i guess that's not why i'm a spy yeah like and he, like, know, he knows to do it like immediately <laughs> and i think that this that scene does something that this whole movie does um from the very beginning where um the first time he is uh he has shows any kind of combat skills when he's uh, roused by the police right in the park where he's in the sleeping. german park and he just goes into um you know ass kicking s- mode yeah and i think that there's something that's really enjoyable about watching someone who's really really good at something mm-hmm. yeah. execute something it's perfectly co- competency porn yeah it, yeah it is in a sense <laughs> i've never thought of it that way but yeah it's just like oh it's cool to watch somebody do something well Especially something that you have no idea what 
that would be. And who knows? Maybe he actually does it all wrong. But as a layman, you're like... Well, I think it's fun as a fantasy, too. Like, oh, this guy doesn't know who he is. And all of a sudden, you know, he doesn't even know that he can do this. It just comes... Like, it's his natural response. All of a sudden, start... Like... Stylish, like stylishly, but like efficiently beating people up. That's the other thing I like about the fighting in the movie is that it's it's not like crazy over the top like what we just watched, which is also really fun, yeah. right? But it's like this efficiency of movement, like everything is just uh, you know precise and executed, like yeah, it's bang, those, like <laughs> it's not it's not fifty kicks when it's just like one. Yeah, like rip your throat out. <laughs> I, I guess for me, I'm just I'm conditioned to the, you know, the raid. The night comes for us. Uh, John Wick, uh, Mission Impossible, like that kind of action. Well, even those I wouldn't say are all the same as each no, other. No, they're not all the same. But, but I, the pacing is a lot quicker. Yeah. Where this is obviously trying to build more of a backstory and. Right. Give yeah. him time to figure out who he is. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think most of the, f- the connective tissue in the movie is necessary. I mean, there's maybe some little bits here and there you could slice. Um, and like, I don't know if you needed the love scene or whatever, but, mm. but most of their relationship stuff I like, I think they work really well together in the movie. And I feel like you do need that stuff to, you want to like sympathize with this guy who, suddenly realizes that, oh, he is a killer and like, maybe that's not what he wants to be, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but then if this, if this thing hadn't happened to him, he would have just gone on being this murderer or whatever, right? For the government. Um, but yeah, it also Plus, you know, well, depends if you like spy stuff in the first place, I think. Cause it's, I think it also has to do with like the fact that fuck the CIA and all that shit. Well, this isn't that long after 9-11, right? So like... I think this movie is somewhat informed by that political climate. I think it was made before 9-11, though. You think so? Oh, yeah, I guess it would have been. It was made before, and the book definitely came out before 9-11. And Doug Liman... Oh, but I heard they did make specific cuts to uh, sort of, because there was stuff that would have, like, not felt right right after that. Well, I know that Doug Liman talks about how he tried not to, but this movie was definitely was influenced by his opinion of clandestine operations by the CIA. Right. Because did you read about his dad? He was like the Iran Contra. Yeah. He was the, like, he was a lawyer on that. Yeah. Um, during that stuff. And, and like, so he wrote a book about it, his dad. <laughs> and I'm not sure that like, I'm not sure that the CIA necessarily has a secret, um, soldier they program. They, they mention it. It's apparently it was called like the enterprise or something like okay. that. So in this, it's called treadmill and they're horrible. <laughs> and I hate, I hate all that stuff. And when I, if you're going to watch somebody get killed, it might as well be a high level CIA operative because <laughs> they're probably garbage. So this is true. This, yeah. this is true. <laughs> I find no fault in John's words. Um, I do like all the, like all the, there's such a good cast in this thing. Like you get Chris Cooper as Conklin. He's like the lead sort of he's like treadmill the, guy that's after him. I mean, who doesn't want to see Chris Cooper get shot? <laughs> and then Ward Abbott above him is played by Brian Cox. Brian Cox. Yeah. This is like the second time we've seen him do this because we did Long Kiss Goodnight where he was like. Yes. The spy guy who brought in a yeah. person is, from the. 
similar. I mean, has amnesia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also just, uh, side note, one of the like guys working in the office with them is the Walton fucking Walton Goggins. Goggins. I saw that. I literally like, yeah. I pointed at the screen and he said, Walton Goggins. Such a young little baby in this. <laughs> I was so happy. Yeah. And even... Matt Damon and Clive Owen. So young. What a good name. Fresh. Walton Goggins. <laughs> just fresh faced young youngsters. Um, uh, and then you got Nikki is Julia Stiles. Where did she ever, what happened to her? Where'd she go? I don't know. Maybe she just didn't want to make movies anymore. Hmm. She pretty, she made her nut and she moved on. <laughs> and then, uh, and you got Juan Bosi is Adewale Akimue Agbaje, something like that. Uh, he was from Oz and Lost and stuff. So like solid cast, like all the way through, uh, all even like every little bit is somebody you, you know, recognize from other stuff. But I don't know. There's just a lot I like about the like the car chase scene. Let's talk about that because it's a really f- well executed car chase. Because mostly because they're in this shitty little mini beater, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's like just doing crazy moves. What's the name of the other movie that has the mini Cooper chase? Italian job. That's it. Much nicer. Newer ones. Well, I those think, were the bread. That's what, like, that was like the introduction right, of the Mini Cooper. Bringing them back. Yeah. Have we done a Mark Wahlberg movie? No, we haven't. No. I think we'll have to get to Mark eventually. Ugh, no. <laughs> <laughs> if I choose one, I'd be the big hit probably. Big hit. Oh, I, with John Lugazamo? Yeah. Oh no, it's uh, New Diamond Phillips. Oh. I would say this car chase is. The reason why it's so good would be that it's very realistic. It's not like, uh, yeah, they're not. It's not like Fast and the Furious or yeah, something. Yeah, where cars are flipping over and going all over the place. It's, yeah. you know, they're working with what they got. I mean, plus that sweet, sweet Moby track, right? <laughs> oh, right. Did you remember the early two thousands? Like Moby was everywhere. <laughs> I kind of even think the song works in the sequence, though. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Yeah, that that whole scene is really fun it's just you know we've seen a lot of that stuff um, since then like mm-hmm. you know we just watched uh, Mission Impossible Fallout in the summer and that had like a car ch- and like you know other Mission Impossibles and J- James Bond movies and whatever all kinds of shit has had stuff like this since Yeah. but at the time like when Born Identity came out it kind of had a different vibe than what you know certainly than what Bond had been doing at the time yeah it wasn't um, as slick like the reason that this car chase I think works so well is because it feels like rough and tumble and dirty and a person that's literally running for their life. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not like it's like a jokey thing or anything like it's, no. I mean, probably the most unrealistic is they go down those steps or <laughs> those stairs or whatever. But although if you put jokey music to it, <laughs> it would well, sure you can do that with anything. <laughs> Um, yakety sacks behind it <laughs> but in terms of like these types of spy action things like Bourne sort of like brought about a new take on it at the time where now we've seen tons of stuff like this like Mission Impossible you could say has been somewhat uh, oh, you yeah. know going in this direction they switched Bond like once Daniel Craig came in and went for a Bourne type of vibe so uh, does he do the thing at the beginning of this car chase where he looks at the map for a second yes Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does look at the map for a second. He's got that, you know. He just memorizes the yeah, the route he wants. Except for the in, like, I like the scene earlier when he's at the bank, and he rips the 
Yeah, he takes the directions. The direct, the, the map of the building and off the, the wall. And the earpiece, and he's like trying to figure yeah. out which yeah. way to get Except out. for he goes to a different floor, and that map would only be for that floor, <laughs> not for... Oh, it might be a... Yeah, no, Wouldn't right. the hallways <laughs> probably be the same, though? Be the same grid? Mm, not necessarily. I guess it depends how old the building is. It looked like an old building. <laughs> it did. That's right. Let's, let's say it's let's a, not, let's not let's say 150 years old. <laughs> that part's cool, though, too. Just the... The balancing, you know, the descending the wall with no, you know, he has no tools. He just, you know, hands and feet to get down the... You know what's kind of stupid is that he could have just at any point, because like he's, he's in the bank, he like puts everything into this fancy sack, this orange sack that's like in the room. Yeah. And at any point he could have just gone and gotten a normal backpack but he doesn't. He's just going to mm-hmm. carry around this stupid well, it's not, sack. It doesn't seem like too long after he walks out of uh, the bank, then he notices he's being tailed. Yeah, but then he ends up and going to the French he goes to countryside. The, no, he goes to the American no. embassy. Yeah, that's where embassy. that's where they try to get him. And yeah. then, oh, okay. But he still has the orange sack later yeah. on in the movie. I'm saying he yeah, could have got a backpack. It would have been smart. <laughs> if <laughs> I was a spy... Draw, I, draw ten, hey, that's one of them Swiss bank bags. Apparently, <laughs> that sack, uh, one of the Mythbusters has that. Yeah, I read that. He yeah. owns it. Yeah, he owns it. It has like all the stuff in it that he that he had oh, in the really? bag or whatever, like the ID, like the passports and the money. And stuff. Fun fact. Yeah, okay. weird. I guess <laughs> he bought it at an auction or something. Uh, or? I don't know. <laughs> Thanks for chiming in with that fun fact. <laughs> Bing. That's Actually, your fun fact for the week. I always just start buying memorabilia. Buy it now. Well, it's cheap. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Why did you just go Because it's not None of it's cheap Like immediately Stuff now is like Oh you That was in a movie This is worth like This much fucking money oh. I don't know I don't look at memorabilia Very often I've, I've done my, I've done You've some done some oh. Have you ever bought anything? <laughs> no I bought stuff Like not off of a website I've bought stuff like At flea markets and shit That were like from movies Yeah I bought Gene Those things Oh, like the the Mulder, Fox Mulder yeah. card? Was that a flea market? Yeah, I bought it at a flea market. Oh, well, how do you know it's authentic? It could just be it's some asshole little, made no, it. No, it's got the little <laughs> stamp on the back, and I looked it up. Huh, okay. And I also bought her, I have a I have a $10 bill or a $100 bill from X-Files as well somewhere. I can't find it. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Is it real or fake? It's real funky. So you, had to, you would have had to pay at least $100 for it. No, it's fake, it's <laughs> fake X-Files money. <laughs> It's got like a little alien ship on it. That'd be fun. Moving on, Dustin. <laughs> yeah. James, what was your favorite scene? Mm, I would say the scene where he's in his apartment and that where he's going around. He knows somebody's there. Yeah, he's got that sense. Yeah. And um, and then he has that that fight with that guy. That that to me would probably be the best fight scene i i don't know i'm having a hard time because i just it was just kind of boring to me i don't know i don't know <laughs> if it's just the mood i was in or what but well that'll happen too sometimes yeah i'm struggling to talk about good things okay what's I, the what's I, the thing you hated the most about it how long it was <laughs> it wasn't that long it was the same length as the last movie i, I know but it's just I think it was too slow in developing his character. I, I think it kept hitting the exact you know, same he, points. I guess. He was trying to figure out who he was. I understand that. 
and you can't have him just figure it out. Like it's gotta, it's gotta take a while, right? And then once he comes to the realization, then he can make a choice of what he wants to do. I get it. I I feel like I mean I can't remember the other movies, so but knowing that there is more movies, it's almost like this movie is the setup movie for all the other movies to be more action packed because now you have the other movies where you already know that he didn't know who he was and now he figured it out and right. Um, well, the second one I think is most people's favorite of the series. I might be wrong on that, but that was my feeling i think um but it's been long enough that i can't say if i like it better than this one or not but i do remember that one being pretty good as well and having again a great car chase scene um oh isn't keith i think uh what's his name keith urban keith urban was one of the killers after him in that one yeah like i feel like i'm supposed to like this movie but i just (laughs) i'm struggling to get on board with like in this movie it's cool man I mean, you like you, it, you there's nothing. Like yeah, there's nothing that says you have to like it. No, I'm. I'm just saying. Like, it seems like people really like this movie. I mean, you guys. Yeah, I think the first three everyone for- really likes. You know, generally speaking. Uh, and then, and then I don't you get, think anyone likes the rest of them. Yeah, the well, other one. there was born. There's two more. There was born legacy with Jeremy Renner. Yeah, nobody likes that. Yeah, everyone hated that one. And then there was. Then they brought back Matt Damon and Paul Greengrass, who and directed two and three. No one saw that. I saw it. Other than you, you don't care. It's I would say that it's actually worse than than the legacy one with Jeremy Renner. I thought it was really bad. It was just called Jason Bourne, the last one. And everyone was all excited cuz they're like, "Oh, they're bringing back Greengrass and Matt Damon, like are coming back to this." Um, it's got to be good, right? But I thought it was really subpar. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the first 3 I enjoy all. I remember enjoying all of them quite a bit. I mean, I um, remember enjoying it when I watched it. I just I guess going back. Going back, it's not, for not me, working it, for you. For me, it doesn't stand up. From yeah, what I, I mean, remember. I don't think I like it as much as I did back then. Right. But I still, you know, I still like it quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested to watch the second and third one now. So Paul Greengrass took over directing from Doug Lyman, and I guess because the studio and Doug Lyman pretty much straight up like, hated each other and like uh, contentious had a real contentious relationship, like. They were sending him messages about like, oh, we think you should change the ending to be like done like in a Tony Scott style. Uh, Tony Scott's Ugh. the spinny, spinny guy. Right. And Doug Lyman's like, oh, then perhaps you should hire Tony St- Scott to direct the movie then <laughs> and all this shit. So then I feel bad kind of for Doug Lyman because he brought this movie in. He like flew out to, I guess he can fly. He flew a plane out to where the novelist Robert Ludlum lived out in like Montana or something, got permission to like, you know, got the rights to make the oh, movie. Really? It was like a project like that he really wanted to do, hmm. made this movie. It did really well and everyone liked it. And then the studio was like, yeah, we're not bringing you back. <laughs> I'm guessing Doug Lyman's a producer on the rest of the movies. He might be. I can't remember. Um, I hope he, I hope he made his money, but he, uh, he, he, a, needs, he needs that money to make swingers too. <laughs> to make swingers too. <laughs> yeah. He started out with swingers and then they did go. Which I remember really liking, oh, but another go. movie I'm not sure Timothy if I'd still Oliphant. like it or not. Yeah, was Oliphant in that? And uh, is the Jay drug- Moore and like yes. Timothy Oliphant's the drug dealer okay. that's trying to hunt down Sarah Polly because she stole his yeah, drugs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't seen that in forever. I'm re- I, I remember that movie liking a lot. it. Yeah. But that was part of those like late nineties, early Tarantino-ish yeah. sort of bunch of different characters connecting kind of thing. Yeah. Not linear. Um, but then he's had a kind of a weird career since then, like 
he did like jumper and like i don't know some bullshit and then he but then he did uh edge of tomorrow which i really liked as well well yeah edge of tomorrow i almost picked edge of tomorrow yeah we, we should do that at some point and he's working on the sequel to that now it's too. a good movie hmm. yeah I, I like me some edge of tomorrow me too lived i repeat man can't say I cared for Jumper. Did you guys ever see Jumper? No, I didn't watch Jumper. <laughs> Jumper. What's that one about? It's about I think a, wasn't it Hayden Christensen and he, he he could like teleport places and I don't know. It was it was dumb. I watched one Hayden Christensen movie, Star Wars Episode the two? first one or second one, whatever one he's in. Yeah, he's second and third. No, you know what? I lied. I've never seen that one. I've never seen a Hayden Christensen. Did you never see uh, Shattered Glass? Ah, oh, shit! I saw that one. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> you just been Christianized. I just felt Christian. <laughs> What's the argument for this movie still standing up to how good it was? I think, well, like I, I was talking about its influence in this kind of genre, spy action movie. Like, they it totally even switched. Like, James Bond, who, you know, they've been making movies for fucking ever. Right. And they're always like... You know, these fun but like cheesy with the over the top gadgets that mm-hmm. don't exist and then all of a sudden these Bourne movies came out and they were such a big fucking deal. Right. That they're like, Oh well we can't do we can't put out a James Bond movie like that now because it'll just seem like horse shit. And this yeah, this was okay. like you know, more gritty, more realistic fighting hand to hand, more realistic driving. Right. And so that was just the tone, right? And then you know, it, I you know, watching it now, sure, there's things about it that you're like, okay, this is a little, a little dated already. This is 17. This movie's 17 years old. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, so that's think the thing. About that. I don't think <laughs> the, this movie. Uh, it, I think it ages really well because there's nothing about it that is of necessarily a time and place. There's some technological things like. Mm-hmm. I don't know, cell phones or whatever. Yeah, These cell are, phone stuff or, you know, hearing devices. And yeah, whatever, but. but there's nothing that really dates this movie. and It doesn't do anything that's really wrong. And even the political stuff is like, you know, it doesn't go into very much detail. So it's like it can be kind of any time, right? Where Yeah, I mean, this movie... In a time really, where we're aware that the government is doing nefarious, you know, underhanded, all kinds of black ops shit that isn't approved by, you know, whatever. You yeah, know, so. I mean, the, the, the story is really timeless. I mean, from like the Manchurian candidate to... Anything it it could be taken and put if you took this movie out and you put it like in the 1970s it would be it would fit exactly perfectly yeah and if you took it out and you put it it made it the same movie today with some like you know slight changes because of like the audience right and probably no Moby <laughs> yeah yeah then it would work well yeah. and you wouldn't really have to change that much it's like uh, Canadian bacon. I have not watched <laughs> it's just like Canadian. You bacon. can take that movie. <laughs> And it can apply to any time. I love Canadian. I have not it's time, watched. It's truly timeless. I haven't it watched is, Canadian Bacon in probably like fifteen years. Oh, what's wrong with you? <laughs> When's the last time you watched it? I think like last year it was on TV, and I watched like yeah, most of it. I think I watched it maybe a couple of years ago. Yeah. Canadian Bacon falls into the same category as um, uh, the Wrong Guy. You guys ever see that? Oh yeah, yeah well, James oh, obviously man. seen it. Yeah. I love the Wrong Guy. So those those That's are two so movies crazy. that like we. So those are. Perfect reasons for um, video stores. Yeah, like those are like video store finds. Not didn't necessarily see them in the theater, but then no, you know, once they were on those shelves, you had a chance to. You had a chance to grab them, or you had a chance to grab them for like five for five dollars. Yeah, just grab anything. Those were good days. Oh man, they were good days. Solid days. The wrong guy. <laughs> the wrong guy. 
is so fucking funny, and no one has seen that movie. Yeah, Dave Foley. Oh, fuck. It's good stuff. That is a pretty hilarious movie. <laughs> no, I just want to watch The Wrong Guy. It's kind of an action movie. People get killed. Yeah, it's like a spy sort of thing. <laughs> um, we should just... Maybe we'll do action comedy at some point and throw that one in there. Yeah, but it is, like I was saying, this movie could just um, like the born identity can just like, it can be picked up and, and put anywhere. And I think the action holds up. I think the like the um, craftsmanship of like the not the craftsmanship that's not the right word. Um, the spy craft. Um, like Dustin was saying, like this like, when he walks out of that farmhouse and he shoots the the oil or whatever the propane tank propane yeah. tank right? that stuff is just cool and it it works it would mm-hmm. work today and I think that there's something to be said for that I don't think there's a lot there's a lot of movies that we've watched that don't really hold up and I think that's why they maybe have found themselves so far down the list right um, well it's not even necessarily I mean it's it's a hard thing to talk about when we say something holds up or not because there can be, you know, it's hard to quantify that and put it on paper and say, you know, we can go, oh, like, here's reasons we don't like this now because of maybe um, political correctness issues or stuff like that. Or right. or maybe it just doesn't feel like what we're adjusted to now in terms of mm-hmm. the way action is presented yeah. and stuff like that. Um but, but then it, on the other hand, nostalgia can carry something a long way too for somebody, right? Where you can go like, oh, but yeah, I mean... I just love this because I've loved it forever. Like, <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, you don't want to also rate it higher because, well, we're supposed to like this movie. Oh no, no, like no, if, but if, I, when you don't, if you don't like it, you don't like it. I like, didn't go into this movie as it being one of my favorites. Like, I'm surprised that I, it held up as well as it did. Um, I had fond memories of it. I thought it was a good movie. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that. I probably liked it more when it originally came out than I do now, just because I've seen so much stuff that's right. Yeah, for pro- sure. But pro- I've seen a lot of stuff that's probably this movie's responsible for. Yeah, like Dustin was saying, and we talked about that too with Night Comes for Us and the Raid, right? Where yeah, you know, Night Comes for Us owes so much to what the Raid already did, but it gets to build off that and do something what we that seems more exciting because we've already seen that. Now right. this this is like the new thing. So, and yeah, we've seen like all these stuff since this, that, this movie that is there builds some, off of this. Is there something to be said for how rewatchable the Born Identity is? Like, I mean, it, I've watched it a bunch of times. It is like a really good example of a, um, of a cable, like a cable yeah, movie. Like Saturday afternoon. Oh, okay. That's on. Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll fuck with that for like <laughs> yeah. a couple hours, like an hour. Yeah. Even if you just pick, pick up pieces of it, right? Or you're walking in another room, you're doing other stuff, but you come in, you stop, you watch a scene that you like, you, you know. Yeah. The one thing I would, like, this movie is not going to have be- because I think of the premise and the way they wanted to play it as being quite serious is it's not going to have the great lines. It's not going to be a quotable movie. Yeah, no, it's not like one that has a bunch of, you know, memorable lines, but I do think the tropes are really well oh, yeah. executed, like for spy genre, so... Um, and you know, like you said, going back to seventy, that seventies vibe of the old spy movies, like I don't know, what Three Days of the Condor and that kind of. Uh, stuff. That's the exact one I was yeah. thinking of, which is a great yeah. movie. Uh, I don't know. Let's just rate this thing. Let's get it out. Alrighty, it's so, gonna be a. I'll start. I uh, overall, I gave this movie an eight. My reactions an eight. Sorry, and overall, the score was a seven point six. James, what did you give it? 
overall or my reaction was a six and then overall is a six and for me uh seven and the 7.4 ended up being my final score so it gives it a seven which pushes put sorry pushes puts it right behind fist of legend and right before lethal weapon at 22 22 eh that's pretty fair i think that what we should do uh, before we not tied with anything, I feel like it's been a while since we had something that wasn't tied. But yeah, sorry. Well, yeah. it was almost a what six-way tie. If it was six point nine, oh. <laughs> then we would have had a debate. But. I was gonna say we should recommend some movies based off of if you like this movie or if you want to. If you didn't like it, like James, I would say check out. I was gonna say um, Night of the Condor. Is that what it's called? Is it three Days of the Condor? Three Days of the Condor. Sorry. Pills. Um, <laughs> uh, that was the only... Day of the Jackal. I don't know. Yeah. Some other spy movies. Jay, is there a movie, James, that you've seen that, like, this didn't do it for you, but you'd rather... You'd recommend, like, something that did it better? Ah, uh, The Saint. <laughs> Val Kilmer? <laughs> Man, I remember liking that movie a lot back in the day. Uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> um... You know, nothing's really sticking out. I, I would say... Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. James would love that one. Uh, holy <laughs> shit, James. That movie, would, that movie would fucking melt your brain. Uh, I would say probably um, one of the newer Bond movies because it's more gritty. It's kind of like we were saying, how they had to change it and be somewhat more like uh, Born Identity. It's just a little more grittier, a little more action i i find yeah i mean probably bond has always been based more on the action set pieces right so probably has a little bit more of that and less of the sort of you know political intrigue or whatever yeah i don't know any movie where cia high officials get killed i'm <laughs> you're for that i'm for that <laughs> hopefully uh they're not listening now <laughs> oh they're going to send the professor. I really hope they have bigger fish to fry than some shit <laughs> in, don't. In, in Canada. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like you say, watch an old spy movie or, um, I don't know, any of the any of the Mission Impossibles except two. Yeah. I think are good yeah, if you're looking true. for the same kind of flavor. Yeah, if you want a really great updated version of this, just watch a Mission Impossible movie. Except for it's not really like this at all. Except for they're <laughs> spies. I mean, there's like even in the new one, Fallout, that bathroom fight scene. It's it's not totally dissimilar from this. No, it's the not. Style it isn't. It's. I mean, the first one is quite similar in a way. So the main difference between Matt, uh, Jason Bourne, and Ethan Hunt is that one's a spy and one's a killer, right? So yeah, they're similar, but they are different. yeah. There's differences for sure. Oh, you know what? Uh, Universal Soldier. Watch that. <laughs> that is great. That's a great movie. Yeah. It's a great movie. Oh, you know what I wanted to point out, though, is that this came out in 2002, same year as our favorite movie, Ballistic X versus Sever. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's... And Resident hey, Evil. Which one do you think had and a... Resident Evil. Which one had a bigger budget? This or Ballistic X versus Sever? Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming this? Probably Even just this. for just for actors? <laughs> What do you think the difference was? I mean, Matt Damon was already a, a legit star at this point. Uh, Ballistic X vs. Sever had a 
originally had a budget that was $10 million more than this, but due to $8 million worth of reshoots, right. uh, this... Uh, Born this surpassed I- it? No. The Born Identity was 68, and X versus Sever was 70. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Now that is mind blowing to think about what you could achieve according to a, with seventy million dollars versus sixty eight million. According to a quick Google search, it says Ballistic X versus Sever is a two thousand two blah 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 blah. No, I remember we talked about it costing seventy million when we did seventy the million dollar budget. Let me just double check. Um, that is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, the Born Identity had a sixty million dollar budget. Well, yeah, but it went it, it like went up said, to sixty eight. It went to sixty eight. Yeah crazy that's fucking crazy well i mean i guess you know who's a better director doug lyman or chaos clearly chaos where the fuck <laughs> did that money go uh the explosions train explosions yeah i don't trains know trains aren't cheap i don't know Somebody maybe in- antonio banderas and lucy Liu asked for a lot of fucking money to be in that movie I, okay more than matt damon <laughs> Well, Matt Damon, I could see being like, I just want to make a good movie, guys. You know, like, I just want to make a good okay, movie. It's all about the craft. But Matt Damon was worth less than them combined. I can't mm-hmm. imagine uh, Franca Potenti. No, no, she would have been getting you know, paid she would have more been than pretty cheap. scale. She's good in this, by the way. She is good. <laughs> Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper probably works for like a fucking fifth of Jack and a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> And some hair so, grease. So you're saying um, Ray Park got paid more than Chris Cooper <laughs> in yeah. Ballistic. Okay. Oh, man. Okay, anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Oh, wait, what are we, what oh, are we what doing, are we doing next? next? So we're going to redo Commando. Fuck yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> John Matrix? Oh, I'm all about it. John, you're so stoked. I can tell by the look on your face. No, I agree that we should redo it. <laughs> I figure we might as well redo it now. Yeah. So we can go straight to the top. <laughs> exactly. I think you guys are going to be disappointed with it not moving that much. Oh, it's moving. <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you like this podcast, please tell a friend. It's the best way to get us more more uh, up there on the iTunes charts. Like us and give us a rating, uh, even if it's bad. Give us a good rating and tell us how much you don't like it in the, in the comments. Um, like us on iTunes. Sorry, on Instagram. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Scott Scallions. Scott Scallions. <laughs>